Chapter 13, My Christmas Wish for You Carol pulled into the parking lot at the Pearl Cup, Davidson's most popular coffee shop, and opened the mirror to quickly check her hair. She was already a few minutes late and expected Amy would be waiting. She glanced across the parking lot where, sure enough, the green Mercedes gleamed in the afternoon sunlight. As she got out of the car, Carol wrapped her sweater more tightly around her and tugged one of her curls. The December sun was shining, but it was chilly. She hoped there would be a warmer reception inside. Or maybe not, Carol thought as she walked in. Two women from church were sitting at the front table, sipping frothy holiday lattes, and they saw Carol immediately. One was Cal's Sunday school teacher, but she quickly found whatever was in her cup extremely interesting. Carol still said hello as she passed. Cal's teacher muttered a hi without looking up, and the other woman visibly rolled her eyes. The church secretary, Elaine, Carol realized. This is like we're all back in high school, she thought, pulling in her stomach tightly to keep from crying. She got in line and rummaged through her purse for her wallet. She could see Amy taking in the scene from the back corner table, black coffee in hand. She looked as polished as usual, Carol thought white-collared shirt, black pants, and tan suede driving shoes. Her light brown hair, chin-length and smooth, the same style day in and day out. Her wedding ring itself was on the small side, but the anniversary bands Ford had given her over the years made up for it. Other than those and simple diamond earrings, she rarely wore any other jewelry. Carol sometimes wondered how they'd hit it off so well when they were so different on the surface. She knew she was attractive enough, but she felt like she was always a bit of a mess. Her long brown curls were completely unruly when they were down and gathered haphazardly into a top knot or ponytail the rest of the time. She glanced at her burnt orange oversized sweater, skinny jeans, and rose gold boots. Her wrist full of chunky beaded bracelets rattled as she paid for her own black coffee and made eye contact with Amy, who gave her a tiny smile. Jesus, coffee, and work might be the only things we have in common, Carol thought as she wound her way through the crowd. And we both love Charlie, she reminded herself. She sat on the other side of the table from her friend and took a sip to steady her nerves. How's Cal? Amy asked. Much better, thanks. He's bounced right back. That's good. They sat in awkward silence for a moment, then spoke at the same time. Carol, you know Amy... They both laughed, the tension starting to break. You go first, Amy insisted. You know by now I shoot pretty straight, Carol paused. I'm not trying to replace Honey. From what I've heard, nobody could. Amy swallowed hard and turned her head to the side, closing her eyes. But I am trying to love Charlie. Sometimes I think he's the reason God brought me to Davidson. Amy, with a surprised look, turned back to face her. You think he's the reason you're here? What about Cal, your career? Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Charlie's my whole identity or anything like that, but being with him, it almost feels like a calling, like God has some kind of bigger purpose in us. So there's an us for sure then, Amy asked quietly. I think so. Amy, this is serious. I'm in love with him, and I'd really like you to be in our corner. You're so important to Charlie and the girls. Having your blessing as we go forward would mean a lot. Amy looked toward the front of the coffee shop, where the two women still sat. Carol glanced over her shoulder, and her cheeks burned when she realized they were staring at her. 
Amy stared at them another moment, then waved at them pointedly and rolled her eyes. I love this town, but some of these biddies need to mind their own business, she said, a spark returning to her eyes. She gestured toward them. Is this what you've been putting up with the last few months? Carol nodded. It's been pretty tough, but he's worth it. Amy sighed. You know, I have to admit, if it weren't for Honey being who she was, the casserole line would have been wrapped around the block for Charlie. Carol burst out laughing. I have missed you so much. She took another sip of coffee and added, more seriously, He doesn't have to grieve forever, does he? Doesn't he deserve to be happy? That's exactly what Ford said, and I've been a Christian long enough to not believe in coincidences like that. Oh, I hate it when Ford is right, but yes, Charlie absolutely deserves to be happy. Amy took a sip of coffee and continued. I'm so sorry that I've made things more difficult for you. I really am. I just... Honey was half of my world, too. I still miss her so much, and I had promised her I would take care of her family. So it was hard seeing him with someone else. And then I think I felt guilty because I loved you, too. I know that you sometimes have to let go of one thing to move on to another in life, and I just found myself not wanting to let her go. You know... Moving ahead doesn't always mean leaving everything behind, Carol continued. My mom died when I was born, my dad right after college, then, of course, Cal's father. An unexpected tightness hit her chest. She paused and took another sip of coffee, collecting herself. I'm just saying, there are ways to honor people who've died without dying with them. Honor her for all her hands have done, right? You know, we've never replaced her position at church, Amy murmured. Carol nodded. You know who'd be perfect for it, she asked. Who? Amy replied. You, Carol said gently. You're fantastic with kids. With your marketing experience, you know how to reach out to the community, and let's face it, no one knows that church better than you do. It might make the transition easier on everyone, you know? Kind of help them understand it as a way to honor Honey, too. Amy took a sip of coffee. I really do miss working. I left when Ford had his heart attack because I felt like I needed to be at home, but we've gotten things settled there. He's ornery, but mostly doing fine, and it might be time for something else. She gave Carol a small smile. Okay, I'll pray about it. The cold wind blew the door to the coffee shop open, ringing the bells on the door and sending the church ladies scrambling for their coats while trying to hold on to their drinks. Serves them right, Amy snickered. They were probably drinking lattes anyway. They were, Carol laughed and took a sip of her own black coffee. Lightweights, Amy rolled her eyes. Oh, you are terrible, and I absolutely adore you, Carol said, still laughing. I'd love to stay and talk more, but I really need to get back to work. Of course, Amy said. But listen, Charlie and the girls come over for dinner every Christmas Eve. It's been a tradition since Emily Ruth was born. Will you and Cal join us this year? It wouldn't be the same without you. Carol put her coffee down, leaned forward, and took both of Amy's hands in hers. You bet we'll be there. Amy squeezed her hands in return. Consider it my first step in making things right. Thank you, Carol said, and thank you for being my friend. Between the whirlwind of December activities at work, church, and school, the month flew by, and it was Christmas Eve before Carol could blink. She'd spent the day packing for their trip to Alabama, and putting the finishing touches on Charlie's Christmas present, a painting of the pond in his backyard. They weren't going to exchange gifts until she was back, but she wanted to have it done before the trip. 
She looked it over and laid it on the kitchen counter across from the refrigerator to dry. After the Christmas Eve service at their church, Carol, Charlie, and Cal headed to the Wilsons' house. When Ford had made partner at his law firm, they'd moved to the southern part of Davidson, closer to Dallas, but still within the city limits enough to make Amy happy. All of the houses and trees in the neighborhood were completely covered in white lights, and horse-drawn carriages ambled up and down the brick streets. Carol had thought they'd never get Cal inside, and they finally promised a ride in one next Christmas, which he grudgingly accepted. They finally knocked on the massive wooden door, and Ford answered, looking festive in a red sweater and gray slacks. Merry Christmas, he boomed. Come on in. Hi, Cal. Glad y'all could come this year. Cal looked around the expansive entryway, his eyes widening. Mr. Charlie, he whispered, tugging on Charlie's sleeve. Charlie crouched to his level. What's up, Cal Pal? he asked. This looks just like my Nana's house. Tell me if there's anything I'm not supposed to touch, he said in a stage whisper, as he looked around at the high ceilings, antique furniture, vases, and other precarious items that looked like they would be off-limits to a six-year-old. Charlie nodded seriously, and he and Carol hid their smiles as they moved towards the dining room. It did have a bit of a museum quality to it, Carol thought, and it was clear that Amy had traditional, expensive tastes, which reminded her quite a bit of her in-law's house. There was a warmth to the house, though, that made it different from the Allens. She could smell oranges and cloves simmering, and there was a gallery wall of family photos and framed Bible verses in the hall leading to the dining room. In fact, subtle nods to their faith were in every room she could see, complete with a crystal nativity scene on the sideboard. Surely the Lord is in this place, Carol thought. Realizing God's presence in this family filled their home with love, joy, and peace, and those feelings instantly overflowed to their guests. That's the difference, she realized, dreading the upcoming visit with Ryan's parents. She pushed the worry aside to greet Emily, Sam, and Beth, who'd already arrived, exchanging hugs all around. In the dining room, the table was spread with the Wilson's silver, Christmas china, and 12 white candles, steaming plates of roast beef, smoked turkey, dressing, Vegetables, casseroles, and breads filled every available inch of space. Amy, this is all so beautiful, Carol said. What can I do to help? Not a thing, Amy responded. We've had it catered and everything's already set out. Just get your own drink in the kitchen and we'll dive in. Everyone filed into the kitchen, then returned to their places at the table. Carol got Cal settled with his drink first, then went back to the kitchen where Beth was the last one filling her water glass. Are you excited to head back to Alabama tomorrow? Beth asked. Um, yeah, mostly, Carol smiled. I'm really looking forward to having a cup of coffee with my sister on the deck at her house. It's right on the Tennessee River, and I love the water. That's the only thing I don't like about Texas. There's just not quite enough water here for me. The only thing you don't like? Really? Beth asked. That's quite a compliment to our great state. Carol laughed. Well, your dad has a way of making everything look better, she blushed. Beth grinned. Yeah, he does. So you and your sister are close, huh? Oh, yeah. She's 14 years older than I am, but we've always been tight. She's wonderful and just the most incredible mom. She has three boys, if you can imagine, and she's the head of the library in her city. She's a superhero. Beth laughed. It sounds like you feel about her the way I do about Em. She's never been able to do anything wrong in my eyes. 
They looked into the dining room at the others around the table, and Carol gave her an impulsive hug. Hey, thanks for including us tonight, Beth. I know this is a big tradition for y'all. Look, Carol, Em and I would do absolutely anything for Dad, and we haven't seen him this happy in a long, long time. We should be the ones thanking you. Beth hugged her back, and they walked together into the dining room. Charlie's face lit up at the sight of them together, but Amy's eyes filled with tears. Carol saw her smile through them, but she knew this night must still be tough for her. Ford stood and cleared his throat. We are so thankful to celebrate another year together and to have our new dear friends here with us tonight, he said. This is usually my job, but Amy, why don't you bless the food for us this year? She looked surprised, but stood beside him and took his hand. God, thank you so much for this time together, for friendships we've had for a long time and the ones that are new. Thank you for giving us all second chances. And I pray for you to bless this meal and all the meals we'll have together in this coming year. Thank you for sending your son to us at Christmas. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen, Ford said, pulling her to him and kissing her on top of the head. Thank you, darling. Now let's dig in. An hour later, he leaned back from the table. We ate until we got full, then we ate until we got tired, Ford said. Goodness, Amy, you outdid yourself this year. I toiled in the kitchen all day, she laughed. How about some dessert and coffee? Everyone groaned. Can we take a break first, Amy? Charlie asked. I don't know if any of us can hold another bite. I agree, Sam spoke up, clearing his throat. Besides, um, Carol and Cal haven't seen the backyard and pool area, right? It's uh, not too cold. He nodded at Charlie, who then caught Ford's eye. Ford stood, and the rest of the table followed suit. Hey, Biddy, Charlie said. Why don't you come with us? You can show Cal where you finally learned to do a backflip into the pool. Beth grabbed Cal's hand. It took me three whole summers to get it, she told him. They headed toward the wide French patio doors, with Charlie and Carol following. Amy turned to go to the kitchen instead, but Ford put an arm around her shoulders, steering her out as well. Ford, what are you doing? I'm going to start the coffee. It's too cold for me outside. Amy, darling, when was the last time you looked at the stars? This close to Dallas? Have you lost your mind? You can barely see the moon. Come on, Amy, he kissed her forehead. Trust me on this one. She looked up at him, curious, but let herself be ushered outside with the group. Good job, Ford, Charlie thought in relief. As they chatted about Carol's upcoming trip home to Alabama and the changes Amy had made to the landscaping in the last year, Charlie snuck a look back toward the house. Sam had led Emily over to the fireplace, and Charlie continued to watch as the boy got down on one knee took his oldest daughter's hand, and slid Honey's diamond on it. Emily's hands came to her mouth as she nodded, and Sam stood up, hugged her, and spun her around. A lump came into his throat as Charlie was flooded with memories of proposing to her mother. It was Christmas then, too, and they were home on their last break before the spring semester of their senior year at Baylor. They'd been dating since they were freshmen, but Charlie felt like he'd known her his whole life. He'd known in no time that he wanted to marry her, but they both wanted to finish school first. He'd had an internship with Texas Instruments the previous summer, and he'd lined up a job with them after graduation. He felt grown up and respectable, and he was ready to marry the woman he loved. They were sitting on the porch swing at Honey's parents' house on a similarly cold December night. He pulled a ring out of his pocket, took her hand, and said, Honora, Ruth, I want to marry you. 
She just smiled at him. Well, I know that, Charlie. I've just been waiting for you to say when. Did you have to use my full name, though? Where Amy was intense and fiery, Honey was generally calm and cool. Her nature is strong as Amy's. Just quieter, he thought. They were quite a pair, he chuckled to himself. But Carol's different than both of them. He suddenly felt a wave of guilt as he stood there watching his daughter get engaged while thinking about his dead wife with his arm around the woman he'd fallen in love with. At that moment, a cold wind blew off the pool, surrounding them all in the remaining fall leaves. Just as suddenly as the guilt had hit, he felt a peace wash over him, as if Honey was telling him, It's okay. It's okay to love again. He closed his eyes, took a deep breath, and let the wind swirl around him. Charlie was startled from his thoughts by Sam opening the back door and calling outside. She said, yes, y'all can come back in. They all poured back inside, congratulating the young couple. Oh my goodness, it's about time, Amy laughed, hugging Emily tightly. I can't wait to go shopping. Did we handle it smoothly enough? Charlie asked, grinning and winking at Ford. You knew, Amy said, elbowing Ford and giving him a scowl that was mostly in fun. How could you keep this a secret? Attorney-client privilege, Ford said, raising his eyebrows at her. Ford, that is what you always say when you just don't want to tell me something. Someday I'm going to have you subpoenaed. Let's do a toast, Beth suggested. They grabbed their glasses from the table and raised them to Emily and Sam, who were both standing in front of the fireplace. Emily and Sam, may you always be as happy as your mother and I were and have as much money as Amy and Ford have, Charlie offered. The group laughed. Sam, he said more seriously, take care of my girl. He cleared his throat, glanced quickly at Carol, and raised his glass. To new beginnings. To new beginnings, the room returned. Okay, now I'm going to make coffee, Amy said, and headed to the kitchen. I'll help, Beth said, following behind her. While Carol talked with Emily, Charlie trailed behind Amy and Beth and started gathering the plates from the table. He carried one load into the kitchen and headed back to the dining room when he heard Beth. You doing okay, Aunt Amy? She asked. You've seemed on the sad side tonight. Oh, Biddy, Amy sighed. You're so sweet. I'm just missing your mom more than usual, I guess. Charlie quietly stacked a few more plates, moving slowly to give them a few minutes to talk. I really miss her too, especially at Christmas. Can I ask, are you doing okay with Dad and Carol? I guess so. You know, Carol and I have gotten to be really good friends. It's not that I don't love her. It's just still so strange to me, seeing your dad with someone that's not your mom. You know I promised her that I would take care of all of you. I just want to be sure I'm doing a good job. Yeah, I get that, Beth replied. Can I show you something, though? It's a picture I took at Thanksgiving. Charlie cringed, remembering how angry he and Amy had been that night. I was meaning to get a cute one of Cal with all that pie he ate, but they're off to the side, Beth continued. Look at how she's looking at him, Aunt Amy. It's clear she just adores him. I mean, it's kind of weird for us, too, but when Em and I saw this picture, we really knew Dad's heart was in good hands. Charlie closed his eyes, brought his hand to his heart, and said a silent thank you. He heard Beth's phone buzz with an incoming text. Who's messaging you on Christmas Eve, Biddy? Amy asked. Oh, um, that's Kevin, Beth replied. Kevin Hames, you know him, right? We've kind of been hanging out lately. 
Have you? Well, let's sit down and talk about that, Amy said. Charlie grinned as Carol walked into the room. Emily's ring is beautiful, she said. Sam did a good job having the diamond reset, and that was pretty smooth of you to slip it to him at Thanksgiving. He pulled her to him in a tight hug. Everything okay? she asked. He nodded as he swallowed back tears and continued to hold her tightly. You sure? He nodded again, giving her another squeeze. She hugged him back. Do you need a hand with the dishes, or can I go get some coffee? she asked, laughing. He finally let her go, blinking back his tears. She put a hand on his cheek and lightly kissed him. Go get your coffee, then meet me outside, he said, swatting her with a cloth napkin as she walked away. As she poured her coffee, he took one more load of dishes to the kitchen, then made his way back outside. He took another deep breath of the crisp winter air. He could smell smoke from a chimney nearby, and it made him think of how intoxicating it would be to linger in front of a fire with Carol. As he looked into the starless sky, he heard the patio door open and turned to see her coming outside with a steaming cup. I should have asked if you wanted one, she said, but I guess you're on your own, North, at least when it comes to coffee. I'll manage, he said, standing behind her and wrapping his arms around her. He leaned his cheek against her soft curls and inhaled the scent of apples. What in the world do you do to your hair to make it smell so amazing? She burst out laughing and turned to face him. It's Cal's shampoo. I use his half the time. I feel a little ridiculous, but I like the smell of it too. He laughed with her and kissed her forehead. Well, I love it, and I love you. I love you too, she replied. She turned to face the sky again, and he kept his arms tight around her. He couldn't hold her close enough. There's something else I need to ask you, he said, his heart pounding. But I think you probably know why I didn't want to ask tonight. Carol nodded and snuggled closer to him. He swallowed hard and felt as self-conscious as a teenager. Why did this seem so much harder the second time around? Just promise me you'll be back from Alabama by New Year's Eve, he said. I want to start the year together. I promise, she whispered. Tears filled his eyes again, and he was glad she was facing away from him. This love had been so unexpected. He'd been overwhelmed by it before he could put up any defenses. It seemed like it had overwhelmed both of them, he thought. She pulled his arms even tighter around her, and he could hear his family inside. He felt completely surrounded by love and couldn't believe life could have gotten this good again. As he drove Carol and Cal home later that night, Charlie glanced in the rearview mirror. Sound asleep, he whispered. Think he's dreaming about diving into the pool or traipsing through the woods. Carol looked over her shoulder at Cal. Maybe he's dreaming about skipping this trip altogether, she replied quietly. No, that would be me. Charlie held the steering wheel with his left hand and reached over to take hers with his right. Do you really think it's going to be that bad? He asked, concerned. She'd mentioned things were tense with Cal's grandparents, but she looked more troubled than he'd ever seen. She swallowed hard and squeezed his hand. I've been pushing off thinking about it, but now here we are. So it's all weighing a little heavy. Things have just always been so tense with them. It's only been worse since Ryan died. I've tried to be sympathetic. I can't imagine how it feels to lose your child. She glanced back at Cal again, then continued. I've learned to handle things with Doug. Just stay as far away as possible. 
or at least out of reach. She looked out the window, and Charlie realized what she was saying. Hang on, are you telling me this guy has... His heart started pounding, and his knuckles whitened as he gripped the steering wheel, squinting to focus on the road. Carol, has he ever hurt you? Because if he has, I'll... Sweetheart, calm down, she interrupted. He's pushed the boundaries for sure, but I can take care of myself in that area. It's Jean that's the toughest. She's nothing but sweet on the surface, then the insults just start coming out of nowhere. And it's so subtle that sometimes you don't even realize you've been insulted for a minute. Then she starts questioning everything I say and do, and I suddenly feel like the ground isn't level underneath me. Listen, he replied, it's not too late for me to come with you. Maybe my being there would make it easier. And maybe my being there would give me a chance to punch her father-in-law in the face, he thought. That's so sweet, she said. But you can't be away from the girls at Christmas. And as hard as it is, it's just what I've come to expect from them. Most of the time, we'll be at my sister's. We just have to get through one difficult morning. He frowned as they pulled into her driveway. He put the car in park, checked on Cal in the back seat, then turned toward her, taking both of her hands in his. Seriously, just say the word, he said, every impulse in him wanting to protect her. And I'll be there with you. I can be the one to stand between you and them. Literally, he said grimly. She squeezed his hands, leaned toward him, and kissed him lightly. I love you so much, she said, but I'll be fine. Really, you just relax and enjoy Christmas with your daughters. Okay, he said reluctantly, but you call me anytime you need me, okay? Night or day, I'll be here.